Hello and welcome to Garcast, a podcast for all manly media, but so far just mostly anime. Today we're going to be mixing up it a bit and having a manga sharing round where we've picked out some of our favourites to share. Joining us today we have Eleanor. Hello. Alistair. Hey. And last but not least, Boris. Hello. Um, so who wants to go first? Who wants to start it up? Uh, the I can, uh, if you want to. Yeah, so what have you picked out for today? Uh, I have picked uh, Humunculus uh, by Hideo Yamamoto, uh, which is a mix of drama, mystery, horror, psychological seinen, basically all the good stuff rolled into one. Uh, it's uh, 15 volumes. Uh, it's finished with uh, 160 chapters about it. Uh, and it ran from like uh, 2003 to 2011. And Humunculus uh, is the story of uh, Mr. Nakoshi, uh, who is in his mid-thirties, quite good-looking, but uh, he lives in a car uh, between the homeless park and a five-star hotel uh, on the streets. So he's basically uh, homeless, but with the uh, additional car. Uh, He's short on money, uh, but he still wears his suit, so we don't know anything about him. Could be that he was a businessman or something. Uh, And one day, uh, a medical student uh, walks up to him, quite eccentric looking, and says that he's going to offer him some money uh, to perform a trepanation on him. And uh, trepanation is to drill a hole in one's skull, uh, but without damaging the brain uh, or the membranes, uh, which has been done in quite a lot of cultures throughout the ages. Uh, which is supposed to enhance your psychological skills and give you a sixth sense of sorts. Uh, And he agrees, being short on money. Um, And then nothing happens at first, um, and they do a few experiments uh, together, uh, Manabu, the medical student, and Mr. Nakoshi, and nothing happens. But then suddenly something does happen, and uh, it comes to him randomly, is that when he closes one of his eyes, uh, he sees uh, humunculi, uh, which are physiological manifestations of uh, one's psyche. Uh, so he can essentially see issues uh, of people. Uh, and these can range from extremely creepy to disturbing, just downright, sometimes silly uh, imagery. Like, uh, people having fish heads or looking like robots. Uh, you see tree women sometimes, or people who are upside down. Uh, and this is how the adventure starts, really. <laughs> so guy gets a hole in head, sees stuff. Yeah, um, it's one of those uh, manga that I've not heard anything, anyone sort of say anything bad about it. Everyone sort of seems to be in agreement, at least from what I've heard. I'm sure there are people that don't like it out there. Um, that it's just a really solid psychological story. Um, it's not something I've had a yeah. chance to read yet, but I know, was it Alistair, you've read it? Yeah, I read it about a year ago. Um, it's still one of my favourites. It's very, very good. Um, probably what I like the most about it is it keeps you guessing throughout the entirety of it. That there's no clear moment where you really understand um, or get any clarity of what's going on, which is the same as what the main character's going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you have the uh, very exquisite uh, male double lead of uh, Nakoshi and Manabu. Uh, and of course, both of them are, uh, let's say, not quite uh, psychologically clean, uh, as you would have think. Uh, so it's very psychological in itself. And uh, 
also the the uh, imagery that he sees are not quite clear. You don't look at a person and say, "Oh, uh, that person has I don't know daddy issues or something." Uh, mm. sort of even the imagery is like very creative. For example, he meets a guy who looks like a robot with a sickle in his hand, and you don't know what, what is that supposed to mean. And then he sort of finds out. But uh, let's say people generally don't like it if you poke around in their psyche, so mm. that that creates uh, drama uh, as well. Okay. Um, have you read it at all, Boris? Or um, I've only heard the name. I've never read it. It certainly sounds interesting. Uh, has the author done anything else of note? Last time I checked, not uh, not a name that I immediately recognized. Because uh, he had been working on Humunculus for quite a long time. So it's like 2003 to 2011. So, it's, so it isn't ongoing anymore. It's finished. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's finished. finished yeah. But by the sounds of it, he was would have been quite busy throughout that time. You're saying it was... Um, was it the really strong watercolored styled art from Homunculus? Was that the one you're mentioning? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, no, it was the other one, but uh, he has a... Um, like a style that is uh, that at least looks uh, very high class and it's all is um because uh he has a very stark uh, contrast has very realistic style so i could imagine that it took a long time uh to draw that i'm just googling around images right now and uh, the art style looks very realistic like yeah hu humans <laughs> look actually look like humans so that's cool Yes, which adds a creepiness uh, to all of it. But like you said, with um, the visions he gets, going back to what I was saying about never really understanding, you, when you're looking at this symbolism of like the guy with the robot, you don't really know whether it's part of the person he is looking at or something that he is um, putting onto that person that is a problem he has. Mm-hmm. Yes, that uh, becomes a uh, an additional uh, thing that, of course, he has issues himself too, uh, that get uh, uncovered uh, in the story. Yeah. And uh, what I would like to add is that uh, this manga also has one of my favorite characters, that is uh, Manabu. Oh yeah. The uh, the medical the medical student who's a like, um, very short blonde hair, like piercings everywhere, uh, looking super eccentric and uh, also having eccentric mannerisms. Whenever he talks, and uh, he also has his own arc uh, in Humunculus, and uh, I liked it very much. Uh, one of the strongest for me, at least. Yeah. Um, just looking at the author of Humunculus um, now. Uh, yeah, like you said, not a lot of stuff he's written that I recognise, except for one, which I've read part of. I don't know if I'd ever finished because I only read a couple of bits of it, and that's. Hikari Man, and that's mm -hmm. a visually really interesting manga because it's about this like a really normal sort of Japanese high school boy who then gains the ability to conduct static electricity, and then I thought, oh yeah, this is neat, and then I just never followed it. <laughs> oh, that's quite a new one. That's twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So still going. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm looking at the offer too, and the one I notice is Ichi the Killer or Koroshia Ichi. 
mm. like he did that manga. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know the manga, but that I rings a bell. But I watched the movie by Takashi Miike. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know how well that translates from the manga to the movie. The movie was very, no. very mm -hmm. strange. <laughs> As you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Very violent too, from what I remember. Oh, yeah. So does uh, Homunculus, does it have an English release? Or is it scanlated? Or... Um, um, it has a German release, which is how I initially found it. Um, with uh, like tiny uh, like leaflets that I saw around in my comic uh, bookshop. But um, the German release has been out of print for ages. Unfortunately, about uh, I don't know about an English release. No, I don't think there's an English release. Yeah, no, no new volumes I can find on Amazon as a the German one. Yeah, it's one all... new from nine hundred ninety nine pound. <laughs> oh, <Nice. boys. laughs> Ooh. and I thought Phoenix was bad. <laughs> oh goodness, uh, I tried to to find Phoenix as well, whereas Amatezuka. Oh god, impossible. That's... I'm not going to read it until it gets re released. That's my one rule. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen this. Uh, there's quite a lot of new Tezuka releases coming soon. Oh yeah. So let's hope <laughs> that Phoenix gets one too. Yeah, but um, uh, coming back to uh, Humunculus, uh, I really like the art uh, in this one because it's uh, it has a really stark uh, contrast of black and white that is very often used in very strong imagery that really stays with you for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because I read Humunculus when I was very young uh, and then sort of stopped uh, midway, probably because it got too intense. Mm. Uh, I would say also that this manga is really for an adult audience. I would not uh, oh, recommend this like, to, yeah. to any minor whatsoever. <laughs> like, not only because at least. of how intense it is in imagery and themes, but it's just pretty dark it's, it's yes, not and also it's very nihilistic the stuff that happens yes <laughs> um so uh, if you are looking for uh, like a really uh in most literal sense a psychological seinen uh with some great great imagery uh this is one for you okay oh, i would say this sounds up my other way it's been on my plan to watch for about a year now i'm what i want to say mm. I think that's... It's a really quick read, actually. Like I've read it, I think over the course of a couple of days. It's like uh -huh. it's really quick, mainly because of how easy it is just to read and get really invested in. Yeah, because also there are quite a lot of um, pages where there is no dialogue. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just uh, keeping in the the scenery um, and a lot of uh, reaction shots uh, of people where just the the tiniest minute detail. Uh, and their face changes, mm. and it means something uh, for the story. So it reads quite quick. I can agree on that. Okay, that's cool, actually. Um, anything else to add to Homunculus, anyone? Or... No, I'm all right. Cool. Uh, not yet. Uh... <laughs> but uh, I would say it, it stayed with me for a long time, uh, and now that I've reread it uh, for this uh, presentation here, uh, I'm quite happy about it. Uh, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, Alistair, do you want to go up next, next or...? Yeah. Yes, um, the last couple of weeks I've been reading um, Sanctuary, which is mm -hmm. a collaboration between um, Bronson, who is the writer of Fist of the North Star, and um, a different artist, though. It's Ryochi Ikigami. Um, I think the best way to sum it up is the 
back of the volume I've got, which is um, an erotically charged saga of political corruption, the Yakuza underground, and two handsome, ruthless young men. <laughs> Sounds perfect. It is. Yeah. Um, um, it's very, very good. It's, I've not read many um, like Yakuza-style stories, but this is stellar. No, if you were mm-hmm. to go on to my my anime list page, the one that I never update, you'd see Sanctuary's <laughs> position just nicely at the top of my um my favorite manga. So uh, yeah, it's uh, a very high recommendation. It's just uh, mm-hmm. so engaging uh, from like start to finish, and then yeah, there's just that the the two suavest men alive uh, going oh, around yeah. Japan building their oh, sanctuary. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's interesting to see maybe a more refined style from Baronson, especially if you compare to the very bombastic nature of Fist of the North Star, which is just very intense, lots and lots of um, uh, lots of action, lots of very full-on um, characters. Um, whereas it's a lot more reserved, but also you've got your typical um, like hard-boiled style narrative and characters uh, i had seen it um being compared to uh, house of cards and uh, yes, some other I I, very political I, compare uh, it to that, yeah. I haven't actually seen house see. of cards so i can't comment there but it's no but it is something that i've um people who i do know in real life have compared it to so mm. no i definitely see that especially the main characters they're very unassuming and you first meet them and you realise there's a very dark side to their... They're very ruthless, mm-hmm. um, which very much like House of Cards. Um, which, on a side note, I would very much recommend. It is phenomenal. Um, but I think one of the things that really does aid the more reserved nature of it is um, Ikigami's art, which is utterly mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> Probably some of the best art I've read so far. It's all seen in manga I've read so far. It's insane how good it is. I posted some on Twitter and it just blew me away of how good it is. Yes, it looks uh, very realistically suave. Yeah. It, it, it's like people you can imagine just, just in front of your eyes. Like the, uh, This is really good. Also, uh, it's not... Um, I would say uh, the Fist of the North Star manly style. No, no. So this is like very, instead of muscles, it's a lot of men in good looking suits. <laughs> yeah. Everything I've been hearing about this series is that it's the most manly political story told. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what to compare it to as well. Um, I think, really, you can just compare it to political mafia dramas. That's the best way to put it. If you like, um, maybe not going too far so far as The Godfather, but like Goodfellas, things like that, that you'll probably enjoy. Sanctuary, um, it's does have lots of elements of comedy mixed in, although it's um, quite suitable comedy. Lots of one-liners and imposing character designs and people. Um, being put down in their, the, from their high horse, and it's just, just <laughs> a really entertaining read. I need to read more, but yeah, as well. I managed like, to. I yeah. oh, this this better say the side cast probably isn't the most complex kind of uh, side cast you're no, ever going to get, no. but like, it's still enjoyable. Like 
characters like uh, Takai and stuff like that, who's just like, he's a scumbag, but he's a lovable scumbag. He's our scumbag. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> Uh, my introduction to uh, Sanctuary was uh, quite a different one because um, I checked out the OVA first uh, for some reason because I uh, wanted to check it out. Um, and it really has this, this sort of very suave political feeling about it. But I think I s stopped after about 10 minutes or so because I noticed that I think it omits yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, there is... Like, uh, characters were yeah. introduced. There is 12 volumes of the manga and, like... <laughs> It's just not enough OVAs to cover it all. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, but um, they, the style was also captured really nicely uh, by the OVA, as well as the voice actors. Oh, yeah. No, were, you did tell uh, me some really of them. Really good. Mm -hmm. It was Hojo voiced by the same guy who did... Oh, who was it? Hayami Sho. He's one of my favourites, actually. Yes, that's it. Vanilla Rice yeah. and... Um, is it Tokiomi from Fate, I think? And I just saw that and I thought, that's perfect. <laughs> I could not put a different character, another person to voice him. That is perfect. Yeah. So, um, and also to, to explain a little bit more of the plot uh, to all the lovely listeners, uh, I think it's only, again, a, a male double lead. Yes, uh, yeah. Of one, I think, Yakuza. And it's the other one, one is a politician. Yakuza and one politician who are essentially collaborating to well find their sanctuary so improve japan these two friends um, that sort of choose to take different paths in life to work together to for the same goal yeah Walk, walking in different worlds so to speak yeah what, yeah you... what does that mean to find their sanctuary um i guess they want the japan to, to be it. their ideal for it really which is They want to get rid of the idea. It's quite naive, some of their goals for a start, which is like, oh, we mm. get rid of the political corruptness. Oh, we get rid of the Yakuza. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, but, but one of them is a Yakuza. Well, he, he joins the Yakuza to, to <laughs> sort of meet the goal, but yeah. Yeah, so we have uh, like two guys working, one on the, the overworld and one on the underworld. Essentially. Uh, yeah. Collaborating. Yeah, which I find is a great concept, uh, and I think coupled with the amazing art, I think I should really start reading that soon. A heavy it's recommendation. Like... Yeah, and I've now got a physical copy, even though it's a little battered up, because a lot like Homunculus, it's pretty out of print, but I got a used one for about 15 quid, so it's Ooh, not nice. bad. Although I think the others are a bit more expensive, but it's a very nice, it's like a two-in-one volume, actually. It's about 400 pages. What? Nice. Yeah, I think I should probably read more stuff by Ikigami. His art looks exactly mm. like what I like, but I haven't... He's, he's also done Crying Freeman. Um... Yeah, I've, yeah, Crying Freeman, I've seen the OVA. I didn't like it that much, but it did look good, so there's that. Yeah. Um, uh, don't know if that's an also, another one he did with um, Boronson, but I, it may be. But I think that it's uh, more of a, uh, say, old school problem of OVAs that they mostly just have the themes and the atmosphere, but the story doesn't quite match. No. 
because it's, uh, like you say, an addendum to, to the manga. <laughs> sort of for people who read the manga. So like, here's your, how your favorite things. Animated, yeah, woo. It's like yeah, going it's... back to the, uh, sorry, 90s. And this is like before, you know, 2012. And JoJo just had that six episode OVA that like, thanks to Satoshi Kon's directing, like perfectly captured the feel of like those episodes and that arc. But like, it just... It, it was just so short as a standalone yeah. it doesn't work yeah. there's so much sort of context yeah. that you're missing to an extent yeah just mm-hmm. looking it up uh the crying freeman manga is written by the guy who wrote lone wolf and cub so it's probably mm-hmm. decent considering that okay cool and um golgo 13 as well so oh damn it's pretty, yeah. pretty oh, i always wanted to guy. watch and or read that Okay, well, yeah, the old OVAs always tend to ignore characters for, oh, yeah, yeah. for the sake of spectacle, and I do value characters above anything else in storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I should probably go with the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, political stories usually aren't my thing, but uh, name-dropping Goodfellas is always a good thing. So. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. And, and, uh, as an as, a, as an additional anecdote, um, there was once a movie that was planned for uh, Phantom Blood, like the first uh, JoJo's. Oh, right. Um, but, but the film oh. uh, never got finished. It, it was partially and, released. Um, it was released to, I think it was one audience, and then yeah. never shown again because they all hated it. Because <laughs> apparently it just, oh, no. yes, it just abridged it so much and like, it like cut out like Speedwagon mm-hmm. and other characters and things like that. So Yes, that was it. Um, I think Araki himself uh, said that it should never be shown again <laughs> because he uh, it, they really omitted Speedwagon and I think he was not okay with this. Oh yeah, and I can see why. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see why you wouldn't be happy omitting Speedwagon. Yeah, I mean, so it, Speedwagon is important. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that and also him being a cornerstone of the early parts. Um, yeah. It's one of the great lost anime you can never find again. Oh, it's it's still bumming around online. One I think day. if you're desperate to find it, oh, yeah, I don't know if it's subbed or not. But yeah, I think I saw a video on YouTube once, but it didn't have any sound. I don't know if if they didn't record any actors yet, or if I just saw some I weird think it's version. It's like the production stuff. So like, like some of them aren't even properly animated; just keyframes, uh, black and white, <laughs> in some scenes. Oh dear. <laughs> didn't look that promising. Nah. Well, we're lucky with what we've got now. Oh, well. For my manga, I have two of them. I have Helk and Goblin Slayer. Um, Both of them are very new. They don't have a lot of chapters out. Um, They're not that well known. But I think they fit the theme of the podcast very well. Um, I guess I can go with Helk first. Because that one has a bit, like it has, I think, a hundred chapters or something out. I've read around 30 of them. Um, so the basic story in Helk is there is this, well, fairly generic fantasy land. And it's divided in, like, the human empire and the demon empire. And there are, the humans can sometimes, like, Awaken to be heroes, which are basically like superheroes. I don't know, like they have supernatural powers. And one of them defeated the demon lord. So 
What the demons do when one of their lords dies is they have a tournament where they decide who's going to be the next demon lord. And that's basically where the story starts. And Helk, and the name of the manga, is also like the protagonist. And he looks like, he looks exactly like He-Man. Like he has that same <laughs> stupid uh, blonde bowl haircut, full of muscle, barely wearing any clothes. Uh, mainly uses a sword. But the thing that makes this manga so interesting to me is that it's not told from his perspective, ever. It's it's told from one of the, like for the first, I'd say, 15 or so chapters, it's told from one of the higher-ups of the demon world. Like this girl called Vamirio, who is very distrustful of him. Because, because Helk is basically participating in this demon tournament to become the next demon lord even though he's a human and his goal according to himself is that he wants to destroy all humans so that doesn't make any sense to her so essentially she tries to test him with various weird challenges over the course of the tournament to expose him as the whatever mole that he is and mm-hmm. um What's interesting is that since it's not told from his perspective, uh, the, the, the reader eventually adopts the same mistrust towards Hulk that she has, even though he's basically presented as a super charismatic figure and even the demons all like him, like the general populace of the demon lands, even though he, they shouldn't because he's human and he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, so you can shake the feeling that even though Helk is the most cheerful person and he looks like a big silly he-man, that he has some kind of dark secret that he's hiding. Which is also what several characters later on allude to. So the main thing that keeps me going with this is that it's, I just want to find out what his deal is. And I think that's <laughs> the same for most readers of this. Sounds interesting. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I'm a really big fan of uh, shifted perspectives uh, when you get an outward uh, perspective uh, on a protagonist. Uh, the, I think this is always uh, super interesting. And just seeing it then, uh, as you said, from the evil higher-up side, sort of looking down at this hero fighting his way up. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that is a really cool concept. Yeah. I like that. Mm. You, essentially, you essentially never see anything from his perspective. It's always from other people's perspective. And um, even the one one time he tells his backstory, he tells it to her, so you're still being told from her perspective. That's what makes it interesting, I think. Just trying to figure out what this guy's deal is. Yeah, looking at like the pictures now and some of the sort of screens in the manga, it is it just he is this big goofy lovable guy from the looks of it. Like this <laughs> panel here of him like stacking cards and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, if what you're saying is true, then it could be something I might pick up then. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that far into it myself. I'm going to see how it goes. But it seems intriguing at least. Yeah. Um, the art, unfortunately, isn't that great, but I don't know. It serves its purpose. There are some good reaction faces in there and some good <laughs> bits of comedy. 
Uh, I don't think the artist and writer has done anything else before. No, looking at um, the page, he hasn't actually done anything. Or he, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's their first work. Yeah, and it's already a, a published one, so that's always good. <laughs> I don't, ha- I don't know if it has an official release of any kind, an English one or German one or whatever. Um, but special shout outs to the guy who's doing the scanlations all by himself. Um, <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but he's basically scanning and translating and fixing the pages and everything all by himself. And it looks really nice. So, um, it's not the most legal way, but check out the scanlations because there's no <laughs> other way right now, I think. Well, yeah, there's only 4,000 people on my animus who appear to have read it, so... Yeah. yeah, no, it's not. It's not that popular. I, I, think. Really, I, I doubt it's got a release anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it looks interesting. So, that's what I have for Helk. And uh, the other manga I have is Goblin Slayer. And Goblin Slayer is based on a light novel. Um, it's a manga adaptation of a light novel. There are a lot of people, like, I don't know. Uh, original source material elitists who claim that the manga is not that good of an adaptation but it seems fine to me so far doesn't seem to omit that much um it, this one does have an official english release but only on kindle i think uh-huh. so i threw them some money because i want to see more of this translated uh, Goblin Slayer is really easy to describe because it's all in the title is it it's exactly what it says on the tin it's about a guy who has a strong disliking for goblins and who is very efficient at slaying them. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Some of the funny parts of this is that uh, the goblin slayer is like clad in armor, but he never takes his helmet off, so you never get to see his face. Uh, Similar to, I think, Judge Dredd or something. Uh I I don't know if he, Mm -hmm. he will ever eventually reveal his face, but it's not that important anyway leads to some fun bits of comedy like when he's drinking tea or uh, eating food but he does it through the helmet <laughs> uh, um, basically uh, well I don't know if it's a spoiler it happens in the first chapter uh, it's about this adventurous guild and they have like different ranks and there are a bunch of like young kids who join the guild and they want to um, advance to the ranks and they think the best way to do this is to take a quest for going to a goblin cave and essentially killing all the goblins there because goblins are stupid like in every fantasy (laughs) setting goblins are always the cannon fodder no one takes them seriously so Mm -hmm. they go in this cave and of course they underestimate the goblins and the goblins are actually way cleverer than you would think they have traps they have a leader who can cast magic. They have this big cave system where you can get lost in. And they basically get their shit pushed in. Um, until until the, the, the guy arrives, the goblin slayer, saves one of the girls. And she decides to join him on his further quests. And he always only takes quests to slay, to slay goblins. Like, he never does anything else. Even though he's very high ranked in the adventurers guild and he just 
always does goblin slaying quests. He just hates them that much. Uh, there's a reason to it. It's in his backstory. It's not that interesting. He just they raided his village. <laughs> <laughs> um, if the if there's like one thing that bothers me a bit about it, it's how the manga uses uh, rape. In like the, the first chapter, when the young adventurers go into the goblin cave, all of the girls basically get raped by goblins. Uh. It's a very touchy subject. You should probably use it with more finesse. Mm. Um, the implication mm. would, would have been scarier in this scenario. Um, but I can look past it. It's, it's, it's kind of toned down in the other chapters. There is six chapters out right now, so not a whole lot. Uh, has pretty good art and mostly driven just by I don't know just wanting to see what will happen to this guy who just hates goblins but <laughs> has a strategy for everything concerning goblins <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, there are some people uh, like light novel readers who claim that it goes nowhere but it's just the same thing over again but I don't know I guess it could work if the writer is talented enough Mm -hmm. Well, uh, let's hope our best uh, for this one, uh, because I think it sounds uh, initially uh, like a very cool idea. Just have one guy who is super specialized uh, in one quest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's hope uh, that, that the writing like sort of gets better and, and keeps up. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it's just specialized in this one thing that no one else takes seriously. Hmm. And it's essentially hinted at that he that the goblins may be more of a threat than other adventurers like to admit, and he's the only one that takes it seriously, or he's just a crazed madman who really doesn't like goblins. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if that's all that, I might um, pick up on my my one then. Uh, I briefly mentioned this. Uh, last po podcast as a bit of a plug, not thinking I'd ever get a chance to talk about it at another point. Uh, but here we are, I guess. Um, Ad Astra, Hannibal de Scipio, which is a conversion of the Second Punic War to a manga form. Um, it's done by uh, a new artist, like he hasn't done anything more, uh, Mihachi Kagano. It's um, being published, though, in Ultra Jump, if any of you know that, which is the sort of, yeah, you know, Seinen magazine. It's the same thing, like Bastard and Jojolian are uh, being published, and so it's definitely mm. out there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how popular it is in Japan. It was popular enough for a French release, I know that much, because um, there's a French television commercial that was made for, for it to advertise it, which is kind of insane um <laughs> but yeah um anyone who doesn't know this what the second punic war is um i i pity you it's <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> integral part of history um in which rome fought carthage probably in the most decisive way possible the second time around um but it is very much a war of uh back and forth and a lot of political decisions and a lot of 
uh, unpopular ideals and fighting and uh, on Scipio's part, uh, learning. He sits there and it's a lot of him learning and watching all these battles and watching all this political intrigue and looking at these strategies and when it does come time for mm. him, how it's how he's going to fight Hannibal. Um, so, so it does come in and for a start, it's portrays it quite well because you're only sort of given sort of like glimpses of Hannibal and his men at points in time and even more you know what they're doing it gives them this sort of feeling of elusiveness so when it does sort of come to the first battle when they come down off the Alps and oh sorry and everything's just all there I think it's the Battle of Trebia um, you, you get to see this force and in, in full strength and uh, it's a really great sort of visual way to represent it, how different the two forces are and make up and things like that and how out of place the Carth these Carthaginians and these Gauls look uh, in Rome against these, in Roman lands against these Roman soldiers. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say really. It's been going for a wee while. I think it was started in 2011. And then it wasn't, uh, people haven't started sort of scantulating it into English until pretty recently, about 2014, I think it was when they started. But yeah, there's one thing I can say, uh, the art's fantastic. It, it like panel to panel art is hit and miss at times. It's usually just good quality, but never anything outstanding, but I... Uh, Think the other people here can vouch for me i posted like sort of one of his his spreads here and just the amount of detail that mm -hmm. goes into them is it's intense yeah yes it's really good looking art uh, on this one would you um compare it to something like vinland saga or um historical moment yeah if you were to sort of compare it to something like that it would be yeah, like, that's probably a good thing to compare it to. Uh, there's a manga that I w wish someone would, desperately wish someone would translate, uh, which is chronicling Napoleon's, um, you know, trials and tribulations in oh, manga wow, form. But that just <laughs> seems it's doomed to be never tr never released or scandalated or anything. No one wants to touch it, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'd probably compare it, yeah, something like Histoire, or if... Um, if any of you have heard of uh, uh, Shizure, yeah, it's just the Shizure, which is just a monger of Shizure's life. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got a few exaggerations, like it does take like some of the more like, you know, mythological liberties that were placed on like Hannibal's birth and stuff like that and sort of present them as the, as the story. And like, I saw that it does help build up Hannibal to be an even bigger threat than um, than he already is. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like it sort of starts off and it's like, yeah, news comes in. He's swept through, you know, the Iberian Peninsula, and you know, there's you see that you've seen the story beforehand where he's born under the sign of the Thunder God, and he stood up and opposed Rome from like the age of mm -hmm. six, and. You know, his father had, while never lost to Rome, couldn't win against Rome and sort of had to surrender. And while 
the outcome of the Second Punic War, everyone knows you can't help but watch from sort of scene to scene. As like while a lot mm. of it is obviously probably pretty made up. So like um, some of the character interactions and stuff like that, it does feel like a something that could really happen and what might really uh, sort of have have transpired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sounds like an interesting take, uh, like having something that is proper historical, of course, with a few liberties. Uh, but uh, it's not going full on fate or drifters <laughs> upon us. Uh, and I think that's a really good take to sort of have something that's properly rooted uh, in one time period. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I think I want to check this out too. It is mostly grounded and realistic, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like it doesn't, doesn't go over the top at any point. Aside from the stuff that it's already in the mytho- mythology. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't... I probably should have picked something people would be able to more contribute to. I just... I really love this movie. <laughs> and I don't right. feel like Sounds anyone talks about it. No, I, I'm going to have to check this out. It does look really good. I'll probably try to check out anything that was recommended today. It all seems very interesting. Seems kind of seinen oriented which is what I like. So, yeah. And I'm not a big history buff, so that could help if it's <laughs> somewhat accurate. Uh, it definitely is, yeah. Like I said, it's probably not the most like historically grounded manga that I've read. Like that would go to Shizure. Um but it's probably is you know the best one because it's it, it makes it all entertaining, even if you do know the story, the, story, the history, not the story. Yeah, doing anything historic is always a challenge, I guess, because it's like the spoilers are right there in reality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you have to make it engaging despite that. Yeah, yeah, especially something as well known as this <laughs> in terms of like history, like, like yeah, one one look in the history book and you have been spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's. It, the sack of Carthage or something, you just hear about at times and all that, so yeah, I don't know. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, um, well, something that I reread recently, I know, Elena, you did as well, was um, Aoi Haro. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, exactly. Uh, Blue Spring. Yeah, uh, Blue Spring. the English translation. Do you want to go first? Because obviously I'm, I've got some stuff to say about it, but I wanted to hear what you think. Okay. Um, I have forgotten the name of the mangaka freshened me up there Taiyo Matsumoto uh, what was his name exactly um, who is also the mangaka of the original uh, the uh, animated uh, people know about it's ping pong yep um, so uh, it has sort of a very um, eccentric sort of wobbly uh, style to it uh, and Aoharu is um, a short story collection of I think seven chapters yeah seven um, and it's all about uh, delinquents and youth that has somehow go wrong. Uh, and it shows very different um, takes and different people. Um, and so see, themes uh, show up uh, again and again in different stories, but mm. uh, all the stories are different. Um, for example, the first one is um, uh, like young, uh, sort of younger pupils in high school uh, doing a courage test. Uh, which is called clapping, 
meaning that they uh, go onto the rooftop of the school, uh, hang on to the railings, um, and then let themselves fall and try to clap as often as they can to uh, before they can grab the railings again. <laughs> sort of, it's yeah. uh, a very suicidal. <laughs> Uh, action, but um, there's all school records, uh, like one who has clapped eight times before catching himself again, um, and this uh, sort of becomes its own league uh, and theme uh, that is uh, very dark, um, mm. but then uh, there are other stories which are uh, a lot more sort of brighter or some even comedic uh, but all have uh, a great uh, theme uh, about that, uh, about them uh, of youth and uh, stuff we did when we were young, uh, and some of them even meddling with uh, even dangerous things. Like oh, yeah. uh, I think one of my favorites being the three guys who find a gun. Yes, yeah, that's probably my favorite. Uh, which just which has just three bullets in it, uh, and and then it's split up again in first bullet, second bullet, and third bullet. What they do with it. Uh, which is a, a very uh, interesting story. And uh, I liked it uh, as a complete collection of delinquents. Mm. Uh, it was a great story, fantastic read. And uh, you'll probably say something about the um, the foreword uh, by the author uh, yes, himself, yeah. which, which rounds it up very nicely. Um, so uh, I liked it. Oh, yeah, it's great to hear. <laughs> One thing to note about Matsumoto, he's a very nostalgic man. Um, all of his works, well, majority of his works are relating around childhood and childhood naivety and there's a like a uh, what's the word like a um short paragraph from him at the end of the work and it's it starts off with him being like i was never a delinquent at school but i knew delinquents and it's just this really nostalgic little take on his past and i haven't read a lot of stuff from him of him like interviews or anything like that from him so it was very nice just to read this and think yeah this i get this <laughs> this is your writing <laughs> i'm summarized in two short pages um but certainly clapping is probably one of the darkest stories he's written the only thing i th can think mm -hmm. of at the moment that rivals it is he's got this boxing manga called zero um which I initially started reading because I thought, hey, maybe this would be on the same vein as Ping Pong, and it's quite a lot darker. Um, it's to do with mm -hmm. um, a boxer who is reaching the age of retirement and him trying to grasp um, his glory and remain this undefeated champion that he is, and it's all about how... Um, you can become worthless to an organization and to fans of a sport that you are um, denoted as a champion of and it's got quite a dark end i would really recommend reading it it's definitely one of his best so it's, it's quite short um mm. and compared to the very melancholic melancholic um nature of ping pong zero is a very very um heavy one to read <laughs> It's a bit more Raging Bull than it is Hajime no Ippo, right? Yes, yeah. That would be a good way to put it. But I did like the the seven stories in um, Blue Spring. There's lots of um, typical Matsumoto um, themes of naivety and um, it's certainly paired with um, his take on delinquents. I think it's very interesting. 
um, the one you mentioned of the three bullets and how you've got these delinquents <laughs> who are engaged in the thrill of simply firing a gun, not even at anyone, just out, just firing it. And it's quite um, an interesting way to look at it, how these people who within their own environment are very imposing and uh, the uh, the top dogs in their environments outside in the main world where you've got people like who are Yakuza and you've got crime syndicates and they really aren't anything that special. They are highly naive. They are very within their own bubble and um, it ends on a really good note as well. But I'd recommend reading it read all all seven of them in one go i'd say and just enjoy it it's very good it really shows this duality of uh high school one mm. could say uh that it's uh everything is very serious uh from uh, your own point of view and even from others but uh in the end they're all just children yeah yeah that sums it up pretty well yeah and um oh, sorry uh, I assume this one doesn't have an English release either. <laughs> um, it does have an English release, but again, I think it's very out of print. Um, it's one okay. of one of his works I think has been released in English. I'm looking up, but um, so, yeah, so it's under it's... under Blue Spring, not Aoi Haru, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's too out of print. Um, yeah, there's one in two thousand four. Um, oh god, seventy five quid for a new one, <laughs> but used from like twenty five pound. <laughs> it's not too bad, but lovely. Um, I I do want to get a copy of it, but maybe in the future after buying Sanctuary. But it does have a scanlation too. Yes, or... yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's quite odd sometimes the works they have released of his. Some of them are really quite unknown. Um. Things like um, he's got a, a sci-fi series which I'm yet to read properly. I've read the first chapter of called Number Five, um, which is got very very abstract art. He um, probably is most abstract, um, but not many people have read it, and it's got an English release, but I think it's very out of print. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's odd that they're sort of releasing sort of bits and bobs from him rather than yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is why also uh, we all uh, had the idea of the, the manga round, because it is uh, not that easy to look through, uh, because it's so vast uh, <laughs> yeah. of a field uh, where you can find hidden gems uh, behind some little thing that nobody has ever read or would never read uh, instead. I think to end off the Matsumoto conversation, one short it's really short work actually he's done is his very short one shot of his take on Doraemon um which is very typical Ooh, Matsumoto okay. but it's in the vein of Doraemon and it's tackling um Doraemon's protagonist and it's very short but it's pretty powerful um I think there are scanlations mm-hmm. online for it somewhere there were when I read it but Doraemon if you can find it powerful Two things I've never heard put together in, in oh it. yeah <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's it's very interesting um and I recommend reading it 
Um, that's why I'll say because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's good. So yeah, Doraemon is this big Japanese phenomenon, but I'm oh, yeah. completely unfamiliar with it. Yes, no, same. Then honestly, it's. Does that matter? Can I read it anyway? Or oh yeah, no, I've not. I've not. I know very little about Doraemon, um, but it's it's good. <laughs> okay. If you want to talk about that, we still have uh, a few minutes. Uh, if you want to, uh, it's like very interesting if you have different mangakas who do uh, different takes on other existing uh, manga, uh, w- which I love very much. Um, I'd written, uh, read a few. Well, one probably being the most infamous is the clamp take take on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three. <laughs> if someone has said it, there. no, I've read it. I've uh, seen it. Um, the like pictures of it around. What is that? Yes. Is it like a commercial, or or is it an entire um, thing? It's it's a very like one shot, and it feels very fan fictiony, uh, by the the crew of Clamp, yeah, uh, who sort of made up their own story about uh, Jojo Part Three, where uh, Kakyoin and Jotaro are now married, oh. and uh, husband okay. and wife, <laughs> and, and they have a kid oh, <laughs> um, that that hatched out of an egg that Kakyoin laid. What? Uh, and you just look at it and go, what the hell is going on with all of you? No, wait, that's, that's uh, not possible. Kakuyan wants to fuck Jotaro's mom. Yes. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> the, the way of describing it is fan fiction. Uh, that sounds so, yes. so accurate. As someone who used to read a fair amount of <laughs> yes. stuff, that's just atypical of that kind of, you know... <laughs> How is it related to Jojo at all, except for the names of the characters? Uh, not really. <laughs> I think it was just an, uh, a one-off they did for uh, their own I think anniversary thing, where they had just different takes on different things, sort of through the clamp lens. Okay, so is that like manga or is it anime? Uh, they had... Uh, the manga uh, is like this whole one-shot, but they had um, one tiny OVA which just was um, uh, just a few of these just animated in just really short bursts um, I think we can show the screenshot uh, <laughs> on screen uh, future Elena if you're editing this please do this uh, it's um, Jotaro's and Kakyoin's son which is like super bishy looking <laughs> um, and the, the, this guy just has been animated for this OVA which is just like a shot of 15 seconds where he just appears and is suave. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think they just wanted to do this. That's so bizarre. It, yeah, it's really a bizarre adventure. It varies very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of anything I've read recently. Um, the only thing is I've started reading Akira, which I have been pushing off for way too long. I saw the movie, as did everyone else, I think, mm. uh, which is very good, mm-hmm. but kind of just is not the whole story. I'm not even through the first volume yet, but yeah, uh, it, it's weird to me that is that it's colored, like the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not They're sure right. if that's if that's like if it was released that way originally in Japan or if it's something they did for the Western release. I think it's a re-release that uh, happened quite recently uh, that, that is completely colored. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. 
Well, anyway, because in most cases it's, it's even flipped um, to to uh, yeah, yeah. fit the Western release. Uh, yeah, it's like from left to right, which took me uh, twenty pages to notice. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everyone left-handed? <laughs> um, I suppose the only other thing I've been reading is um, I read it was Voyage Hotel was something I sorry Voyage Hotel was something I read. A wee back now, oh, probably yeah. earlier this year, and just now I'm starting to go through some of the manga's other work, because um, I think someone linked. That's uh, is that the guy who wrote Nickelodeon? Yeah, someone linked that. I think. Yes, yeah, I've read. Kenji's I've Discord. read Nickelodeon. Yeah, no. If you have a chance to check out uh, Voyage Hotel, I heavily recommend it. It's a very, it's a very charming, very sh- bizarre story, and. Um, the sort of they go by a bit of a sort of a pen name, Sam and Uh mm. Such such an, an interesting art style. Not necessarily gar, but if you're looking for something uh, just interesting to look at and quite bizarre and strange stories, uh, do do check him out. Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry, what's the name again of the? Um, Sam and Dalman. Damon Dom. Right, the manga is. Okay, cool. Uh, I will um, compile a list uh, in the video description. Yeah. Uh, for everybody to follow. That's probably a good idea. Oh, yeah, another one I thought of right now, which is I guess I should um, voice a recommendation for uh, Doro Hedoro. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If anyone mm-hmm. has heard of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. I find it impossible to describe the plot of this one. <laughs> <laughs> because I uh, haven't read it in a while, I dropped off somewhere around chapter 130, and it's so convoluted, but uh, I, I barely remember what it is about, but it, that's kind of the charm. This series is can only be described as really weird, and <laughs> also unique, and um, I think one of the interesting parts of it is that it's written by female author which um, seems a bit strange because it's not the type of story you would ever see from a female author it's like very bizarre drug-fueled fantasy seinen land horror thing Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i've read the um, first chapter uh, of it once i saw a few um, screenshots and panels I think it, it started out with uh, a guy and his big reptile friend, who is just a big lizard man. A, a girl. Uh, who, and uh, exactly, who, who eats people's heads off. Yeah. Uh, because he just wants a head that he needs for some uh, uh, reason, <laughs> but the perfect head. Yeah. Uh, but um, then it just uh, goes on about this whole dystopian monster city that is uh, secluded from like the normal city. And sort of becomes this very uh, big sci-fi Blade Runner-y thing. Uh, And I think this is where the the first chapter stopped. Because uh, it was just like really interesting shots of just monsters doing their daily life. (laughs) Uh, And that looked really interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, the protagonist is a guy with a lizard head. And he doesn't know why he has a lizard head. And that should probably tell you all you need to know about this. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> I would probably recommend this to anyone. It's it's great. It's really weird and trippy, and you're not gonna read anything else like it. So check it out. It also has an English release. Yes, yeah, it does. And they are I, because I, I really like the art style on, on Doro Hedoro as well because it's very um, sort of scribbly pencil. Yeah, it's very sketchy. But, uh, still super um, very detailed, uh, expressive, and very detailed. Yeah, yeah. So, so I like that. And uh, if I can close the round with something little, I've been reading too. It was uh, Fukumoto's Gintukin or uh, Silver and Gold um, because it's mostly overlooked. Or something, and not belonging to the super big uh, things he done, um, but it's interesting because it's not really gambling uh, in that regard. It's more stock markets, and uh, I didn't knew that uh, initially. But then I thought, like, Fukumoto can make anything interesting, <laughs> and this time it's stock markets and <laughs> economic manipulation. Oh, that little, like, what, uh, um, inspired that little cool. sketch you posted on Twitter a while back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Um, it's uh, a guy, again, a, a good-for-nothing, long-haired dude, but he's quite buff, uh, who gets uh, taken in by sort of an older, sort of Yakuza-looking guy. He says, I need you for a job. I know you don't have money. I did a background check on you. Follow me. And he just straight up asks, do you want to be good or do you want to be evil? Uh, and then they sort of become uh, money lenders, uh, which is normally in other Fukumoto series are the bad guys uh, and here there are the the good guys who uh, just help people out but the, of course then squeezing them to death with uh, the percentage and uh, asking the money back um, but uh, yeah so you already see in the very first chapters that this could have a lot of drama um, because uh, when he asks him uh, do you want to join me he puts a pile of money uh, in front of him and he says uh the longer you take with your answer, the more money I'm taking away. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, are you going to join me? He's, he's just fidgeting around the room. I don't know what. And he just takes money, <laughs> throws it away. And uh, then, of course, he agrees, comes back. I think he leaves the room for a few hours, comes back. And then he says, um, and then one of the other guys asks, uh, why do you take him? He took so long to make his decision. And he said, yes, that's exactly what I wanted, because if people agree immediately, they're just psychopaths and you cannot work with them. Uh, so he has morale, and I like that. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be our double lead of one Yakuza and one freshman. Oh, and, uh, I think this is going to be interesting. Sounds yeah. good. I think I really need to get into Fukumoto sometime. I'm only familiar with the Kaiji anime and like the two manga that he did that he didn't do the art for. Uh, confession mm -hmm. and life. Yes. It feels like we will need to do a, an entire episode of this podcast entirely dedicated to him. Yes. I should probably read more of his stuff. Yeah, once I've gone through a bit more, I think I'm more than happy to do one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eleanor just containing excitement back there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm far too excited. I guess, um, maybe to end off the manga round, there's something I want to plug, and you've probably seen me put it on Twitter quite a few times. Um, digital manga publishing have been very close to my heart for quite a few years now, because they are um, kickstarting various um, lesser-known Tezuka manga, 
And currently, this year, they are doing um, one of my favourite collections of short stories that he did is Under the Air. Um, and with mm-hmm. an add-on, um, another series I did called The Crater. Um, I'll make sure the Kickstarter's linked in the description, but they are about 80% funded, and it's not that expensive. It's about... Um, shipping will be is about £15, I think, for me. Um, but it's definitely worthwhile. they got various tiers um, with very interesting-looking rewards, and you can also... Um, get an add-on of some of their older releases that are only available available digitally. Um, but it's very good, and I'm hoping one day they'll be the people to get Phoenix reprinted, <laughs> although that may be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but still, um, it's a very, very good um, cause. We need more Tezuka. He is yes. a master. The good physical releases. Um, good physical good. releases. They look really good quality of people who have posted them from past um, campaigns. They look beautiful. Um, and yeah, just if you're interested, it's not too expensive and it's they're about 80% funded. So, And if they get to, I think, 50,000, they are going to release another one as well. Um, if I can just go down. Melody of Iron. I haven't personally read it, um, but the cover looks very nice. <laughs> <laughs> And Tezuka is always good. Yeah. I mean, he's the god of manga. He is, he is and a genius. It's the only way to put him. Um, so the Kickstarter so, is yeah. back, back online because they were down for a while, right? Uh, yeah, they had a few issues because um, people within the US were getting charged quite a bit for shipping, even though apparently it was meant to be included. So they, I think someone kicked up a fuss and they restarted it just to make everyone happy. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Um just to finish off something a bit more fun, um, Pokemon released uh, another trailer just the other day, yes. <laughs> and I think we were all smitten uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Very true. Is, yes. is everyone going to choose the same starter Pokemon? I, know. I think <laughs> now I, I certainly am. <laughs> no, I think yes. <laughs> yeah, I was sold on the owl just because it looks lovely. But now that uh, the final evolution of the fire cat is a <laughs> wrestling tiger <laughs> that is also fire dark and quite literally tiger the dark, uh, I think we I all think have, I to have to choose. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> choosing this in any way because I was like, ah, everyone's going to choose the owl. I like how the owl looks, but I, I, I'll choose something different. And then just say <laughs> <did> this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was I was probably the only person thinking of choosing Poplio because water types are generally what I choose. But then seeing the previous the next two evolutions, I really wasn't sold. But <laughs> the final evolution of Litter looks amazing. Yes. Yeah, I was so I was so convinced that I was going to choose the owl and nothing else when they revealed revealed the first forms first. But mm-hmm. uh, I just don't know anymore. I have I have yeah, to pick here. the cat right now. There's no other yeah. choice. Well, all the names for the um for it as well are brilliant. Like across the languages, you were finding them out, Eleanor, and like Fuegro and stuff. Uh, like yes, that. Um, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because I've always been playing uh, Pokemon in German, which is my native language. Because and now I know all the terms and all the attacks. I'm not uh, switching to another language now. 
uh, because I also I don't know a lot of English uh, Pokemon names. It's, I have all of them uh, German in my head. And Same. one thing you need to know about Nintendo translators, they always have a ton of fun with their translations, <laughs> no matter what language. And so um, I think Incineroar English is one, the yeah. English name uh, of the tiger. Yeah, and the German just straight up went with Fuegro. <laughs> He's the almighty Fuegro. Like, uh, I like this. And the uh, French ones went with uh, Fel Inferno, uh, like the feline inferno, <laughs> which is also a great name. Yeah, and um, I, I looked up uh, today um, uh, the name of the the German name of the final owl, um, which is apparently to be uh, an, a reference to a Mexican uh, owl, apparently. Uh, and the Germans picked up on that too, and uh, so the final uh, owl is called Silvado, right. which also looks cool. I think that's us. You could oh, probably make an entire team. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> we dream of making a team of wrestling Pokemon is almost complete. <laughs> yes, we already got. Uh, we have Haruta, yeah. and there are some other martial artists. Yeah, um, Blaziken being my favorite starter of, of uh, Generation 3. It's po- I think should be in there. It's possible. I'll play around with it. I'll probably actually make one of those. Try battling people. I might have a bit of fun with it. Who knows? Just, uh, just gotta hope I, that the, the two friends that I play with in my circle of friends don't pick the cat as well. That would be boring. Or like... <laughs> just has one big wrestling round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this, I, the thing I was thinking as well is the four-way battle arena. It's a, a wrestling ring, and I just thought that would be brilliant. Oh, yeah. oh that's clever! Yeah. Just as one final anecdote, um, normally, uh, like all uh, attacks get translated uh, in German as well. Of course, some of them are very cool translations, um, but. We don't know if it was a mistake or if they just let it like this, but the only attack that hasn't been translated and stayed English is Flying Press, <laughs> uh, which still sort of looks very cool that even it says in German, like, Holucha benutzt Flying Press! <laughs> and then it, it just does. I think it was a joke uh, from them because I think they never do mistakes. It must be a wrestling move. Somewhere. Ah. Mm. Uh. Okay, um, we'll look into that probably a little bit. Um, I think, though, that really is us for today this time. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun and actually really interesting, uh, even if just for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, there was Eleanor. Yes, ciao, ciao. Uh, Alistair. Bye-bye. Boris. Bye. And then I, Tom, thanks for joining us. Take care.